Yeah. Hi guys, welcome back to Your Booked. Um, the next two episodes, um, Shivani and I decided to um, do a little Q&A, but have them... So basically this episode will be um, me asking Shivani just some simple questions just to get to know her a bit better so that you guys get to know her as well. Um, and then the next one will be um, Shivani asking me questions and it's basically a long... way around. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to go ahead and just start yeah, asking questions. Start. I think How do you feel? Are deep. you nervous? Uh, I just feel like this is going to get a bit deep, guys. But I guess like when we were preparing the questions, I was trying to keep it all like simple. And Kieran was like, it's probably better if you if you like just be a bit like... Give a bit more yeah. away in the sense of like, you know, I think the main thing is, is that people want to hear our journeys and how we got there and what motivated us and what motivations we had as children. Um, and so, so I feel like this is yeah this is, it's gonna be the next two episodes are pretty deep but I feel like um, it gives you a bit more of an insight as to who we are as people yeah. um, beyond also the modeling but yeah. you know as people and what made us what got us to where we are today um, so Shivani your first question <laughs> <laughs> um, let's just get all the simple ones that are yeah. done like so uh, where were you born uh, where were you raised uh, do you have any siblings what was your home set up like all yeah. of those kind of questions okay so I was born in London in Uxbridge um, I then yeah so I was born in London in Uxbridge it's it it was me, my mum, my sister and my dad and then we moved to the Midlands in the UK when I was about I think I was around five months old, um, that we moved to the Midlands because my mum's side of the family were in the Midlands and my dad's side of the family were more in London, so we kind of moved there. Yeah. Um and then I can't remember when oh, I've got one sibling by the way, just yeah. my older <laughs> sister. She's yeah. like two years older. Um, and then I think my mum and dad got a divorce when I was really young. I feel like I was probably under the age of one. I think it was quite soon after us moving mm. to the Midlands. Um, so yeah, I raised by a single independent goddess of a woman. Mm, yeah. And yeah, just the literally like three, three women slash girls in one house. Must have been growing a riot. Up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so all I can remember is basically just being raised by my mum. Um, yeah, and I guess, like, in terms of, um, what was my, like, home set up like, I mean, I was raised by a single woman by myself, so, as you can imagine, it wasn't, like, I don't know, like, I didn't come from, like, I don't know how to say it, like, I haven't, I haven't come from, like, a privileged background, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we've, we've struggled, yeah. definitely, um, my mum didn't really speak English, uh, when she moved to the UK, and she didn't really learn that much because she was around like extended family that were just speaking her mother tongue. So when she left my dad, she kind of didn't really know the language. She didn't have a lot. So mm. she was financially like not very stable. But yeah, we just killed it through mm. months. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know, I know, yeah, I know, I know where your mum comes from, but yeah. just for the sake of the people listening, yeah, where, yeah. where, where was your like, where's your mum from what what's your kind of indian background oh okay so both my parents are from punjab in india Mm -hmm. we're religiously like we're hindu but Mm -hmm. we're from punjab yeah um both of them my dad i think was born in in london and my Mm -hmm. mum was born in india and then she came over to the uk when she's about 16 years old right okay um what was your so obviously we're bearing that all in mind what was like one of your you're like your fondest memories and I'm obviously now assuming that with with your with being around your mum and your sister all the time it must have been cute with 
well I'm imagining like yeah you know film time and yeah, like loads of like cute. girl catch up we did and, have a lot of yeah. cute times I think Christmas was the cutest because mm. my mum just used to like I mean growing up she used to make sure that we were never like short of anything you know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah her, of course, like, she yeah. used to make sure mm. she was like so great at providing for us so um Christmas I think she because she was a single mum and I think she felt a bit sorry for me and my sister because we were these two little like mm. kids that were just like didn't have a clue what was going on yeah. I think she always used to overcompensate when it came to Christmas so she would get us so many gifts and they were not like the most expensive gifts like there would be one really expensive like mm. not not yeah, really expensive know, but reasonably like expensive whole, yeah. present but everything else would be like tiny little things but my mother would gift wrap every little thing That's like cute. individually yeah. and put a bow on everything individually they would go hard like her and the other neighbors that lived in the same kind of like yeah. building mm. they would do like the whole stocking um leave footprints yeah. on the way into the so into cute. the flat so that yeah. we thought santa had been they'd like eat a bit of the carrot my Uncle Jim, who like helped raise me and my sister, they'd eat like half the cookie. They at Christmas they would go in. Yeah. So Christmas. So Christmas yeah. is your fondest one. Definitely. I mean, I actually, yeah. When I think back at Christmas times, like it is. I think it's parents go all out because it's what Christmas represents to them, isn't it? It's just yeah. one of those situations. But mum where... wouldn't have known, right? Because yeah, she didn't no, even know course, what Christmas yeah, yeah. was, but because all our neighbours were English, British, they yeah. were like, it has to be done like this. And they had such a big, big part to play in our it, childhood. It that... sounds like she had like a really good support system. Oh, amazing. I know, I know I've heard about... Um... Auntie Mavis and Uncle oh, Aunt, Yeah, um, do you want to yeah, talk any, basically any more like about them? Yeah, they're basically my neighbour. Well, they were, they both, bless their souls, have mm. passed on now, but... Um, they were we kind of lived in a flat complex and um they lived in the like on the same floor Mm. as us so Mm. they once my mum and dad had um broken up and my mum basically you know was just on her own Mm. they were really hands-on with me and my sister so I'd say that they helped raise us everything from Mm. like nappies to milk feeding to taking us on holidays Mm. to like picking us up from school so yeah yeah okay (laughs) great um what so as a child, I'm assuming now with this like sort of you know like that term they say is takes a it takes a village to to raise a child. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you had like inspiration from all or stories even from all sorts of people. Um, had any of those people that raised you influence any of the like hobbies or interests that you had um, as a child? And is there anything that you like? particularly took an interest in and as as it kind of grew with you as you grew up as well yeah definitely I feel like yeah I was exposed to so many different worlds like I had my I had I wasn't really in touch with my dad's side but I had my mum's side of the family who were like very Indian Mm -hmm. they were like still are like the complete opposite to me mum and my sister which is that they're really into Bollywood and Mm -hmm. they like love they they like keep up to date with like all the actors and like all the songs and like they really they love all they love Diwali and like Mm. dressing up and everything Mm -hmm. whereas we were because we were raised by English people Mm. um I was also exposed to like that side of things where like my uncle Jim used to make me like stand on his on his um on his feet and like he would teach me how to like slow dance and like auntie Mavis would like play like old classic songs Mm. and um they would like read me nursery rhymes and stuff but I guess in terms of modelling, um, I think the thing that, if I have to relate it to modelling, my one cousin was well, was and still is super glamorous. Mm-hmm. She was literally like, I don't know the best way to describe it as like, 
she was just I don't know like she was yeah. just so glamorous now, you always have that in. one aunt that's like yeah. super glamour like really into all oh the like m- like the things that you're into and she'll be like oh but have you tried this or have you done this yeah okay. oh my god she used to like I think she she was such she's such an influential person she mm. has such a big personality that she just ha- manages to influence everyone she used to come with like her hair blow dried mm. a massive fur coat like her boot heels she just used to look cool she had like that she was beautiful and she had that really like big personality so me and my sister were just obsessed with her yeah so I know now when I'm modeling a lot of people makeup artists especially on set ask me like do you love makeup and all my friends know that I love makeup Mm -hmm. and I as far as like modeling goes you get some models that don't know anything about makeup they don't care about it and they're not glamorous at all and then you get other (laughs) yeah yeah, like more because I literally always used to get all of my makeup advice from you like I remember when you bought me that um (laughs) eyeshadow palette and I got so excited because I had no idea how (laughs) to use eyeshadow so I think you're so right like it is definitely you're one or the other or you take up like the tips from like makeup artists while you're on exactly set, for sure. but yeah. I'm like so I love meeting new makeup artists and they're mm. always like where do you what like uh, where did that come from like why do you love makeup and I'm always like it's my one cousin like I was just so exposed to it mm-hmm. because she was a beautician and I remember okay, she right. won like yeah. so many awards before she got married um and she was just so glamorous so I think that that's why I just love makeup makeup okay and no, like, i know that you love makeup yeah, but like, yeah she definitely in, like, like that's one of the she's an influence from childhood yeah, yeah yeah definitely um so well you're saying obviously that makeup i'm assuming there was no real like space for you to to explore makeup while you're in high school and stuff but was there anything during high school that like an experience like how was your experience being a teenager was it like I mean were you able to explore like the whole makeup thing or (laughs) was it were you more of like a like keeping yourself your your head down keeping educated like what was your bit of both like I used to push it me and my sister used to push it like I still well I my sister probably still swears by the fact that she was the one that like invented red lipstick yeah like I swear my sister was like the first first person to wear red lipstick and then every girl I feel like me and my sister were like always like pushing things like I used to go I don't know if anyone's listening that knows what the clothes show is in the UK yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I used to go to the clothes show live with my cousin every December and I'd come back with like a bar coat or like a, something really cool and I'd always be pushing it at school mm. so I definitely or I'd come like with a with a new cut fringe yeah, and yeah. Then, not that everyone would go and get a fringe but it would like I was always pushing it yeah yeah um and I was I remember I did, used to get told off a little bit for like wearing a bit too much makeup here yeah. and there yeah um yeah so yeah it would but generally my high school experience it was great like yeah. I had a lot of fun I feel like I was that one at school that I, I started becoming part of a group, like, when I was in, like, year nine. So how mm. old would I have been? Like, um, uh, like 14? Yeah, 14, yeah. 15, around 14, yeah. yeah. Because you're, you're year seven, you're but turning 12, 12 13. 13. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I would have, like, yeah. But before then, um, primary school, I was a bit quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a lot of things going on at home. So I was just, like, a very anxious little girl. Mm. Um, but everyone, I got on with everyone, Um and my friend like every I was just cool with everyone mm. high school again I didn't really belong to a group until I was in probably like year nine I was more like the one girl that just gets on I was just easy mm. breezy like the one that like always interchanged yeah. between different yeah, groups a bit like me to be fair yeah. Yeah. yeah and like I just I did love mm. it like I had so many different friends I just used to love like just walking around and just like chilling with Maybe everyone like whatever okay, takes yeah. my fancy yeah, yeah but when I got into year nine I like knuckled down and like got my group and that went on until like 
we were like 17, 18 until we had to go to uni and then we had to all split off. But yeah, great, great high school experience. So you know you're the group that you were in. Yeah. Like if, if you know how, you know, they have like a, a system in America where they have like the jocks and like yeah, yeah. the, 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 I don't know, the cool kids <laughs> or whatever it is. What, how would you have deemed your like group of friends? It's like, so in, funny. In the status of popularity yeah, or whatever it I is, feel yeah. like in year seven and year eight I was like friends with more of the popular people mm. I hate that word but mm. the ones that you would look at and be like oh these ones are the popular ones because most of those girls came from my primary school, school. okay yeah. so when we went into high school we mm. all went in like kind of like being really cool with each other so all those girls were kind of cool with me but I wasn't like necessarily like best friends with them, them. Okay. I in year nine ended up making friends with the ones that you would not deem cool at all okay. but were like fucking amazing like I like we there were so many of us as well Mm. like I remember one year after we finished high school year 11 we all when when can you go on holiday like when you're like 17 18 yeah yeah I mean I did that whole yeah. where you go to like Spain do we all went to yeah, yeah, yeah. we went to Magadaf and there were like 40 yeah. of us yeah. it was uh, from us and the year above there were like 40 of us and I swear like I've been to so many different countries but Magadaf with those Good. people was like the best holiday ever yeah um but yeah basically I would say that they wouldn't necessarily be the cool kids but we were definitely like the biggest group yeah and we again and, and you just in built our school, I feel like everyone was just cool with cool. everyone yeah yeah, yeah okay, like yeah. it was chilled um yeah. but yeah not who you would probably typically maybe put me with if that makes any sense yeah no sure I mean I, I think you know when you go through high school you go through such different like phases even being the person you are I remember like yeah. me there was a phase like I don't know how long it wasn't I, I remember it being a pretty short-lived um part of my like high school experience but um I made friends with a girl that was like massively into like um like well, but her her fav one of her favorite bands was Good Charlotte, and mm. like she was like really into like the kind of um, I don't know what kind of genre of music. It's not really quite indie, but it wasn't quite like I know what you mean alternative. Yeah, a of. little bit alternative. Yeah, we and I remember. Yeah, so like I remember making friends with her for like a couple. Well, we made friends and we went to like concerts and stuff together, and mm-hmm. like you go through these phases. It's just. It's yeah. just normal, isn't it? It's like you're just trying to find yourself as much as you're finding your friends, exactly. you know? Um, so in terms of making friends and, you know, career-wise, like, was that ever on your horizon? Like, was, did, like, was modelling part of, like, your high school days or something that you thought about when, yeah, when you were in high school? Did you feel like it was a possibility or was it more of a, where did it come into your life? Like, where did it fit? Like what kind, um, what kind of age were you? Where, like, where were you mentally in that space? Like, yeah. where did you feel like you were gonna go with it if you had the option to? I feel like um, I started. What happened was when I was about. 14 or 15 I did mm-hmm. some kind of like brochure for the school and it was mm-hmm. like they needed it was for the NSPCC where they were it was about buddying and they <laughs> they had me model for it and I had to just sit there and look really upset and I had like did you know it? Yeah, <laughs> I always look upset especially when I'm on set the amount of people that are like are you okay when I'm shooting I'm like I'm fine it's just my resting bitch <laughs> but um, I had like henna so I was really really proud to represent and I made sure I put that yeah. hand <laughs> that hand and I like leaned down on that hand so that the camera could see that I was wearing henna because I did it myself as well yeah um and yeah so basically that was the first time I'd ever modeled um and then 
there was something else there was some competition maybe I can't remember that was going on in school or like our area and me and my sister did that and then we had to go to London to do some photo shoot I feel like it was always in my destiny okay right weirdly Mm. um and then it wasn't until I got to university when I was just on campus that there was an agency doing a recruitment day and they were like actively walking around like trying to find Find students that looked like models Mm -hmm. um and that's when it really kicked in for me so when I was about 19 so and then from there like what was your I suppose maybe not till now now but like where where did you when did you get to the point where you realized okay like this could actually be a, a full on career like a job not till about 2 years ago <laughs> <laughs> I would have said the same thing. <laughs> like, I've been joking yeah. up until I kid you not guys up until about 2 years ago I genuinely think yeah. up until I did like I think up until I did the Charlotte Tilbury mm-hmm. campaign I thought like I don't really, I've always, every year I'm like, I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit. And then I did that and I thought, like, people, that this is a really good opportunity that yeah, I can, yeah. like, do something with mm-hmm. now. Like, mm-hmm. don't be silly and quit. My, I remember my mum sitting down and having that conversation and being like, why would you quit? Like, it seems to be going so well. So, yeah, about up until about two about years, two years ago. ago. And then, I mean, in between, I suppose, like, your your mental health, I suppose with this whole quitting and, you know, you thinking, you know, every year comes around and you feel like you've, you've personally not got to where you've wanted. Yeah. Um, you do get to that point. Like, I've, I've many, I think every model goes through that point mm. where they're just like, I'm done, I'm over it, I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit. And then, you know, things happen yeah. and you change and you get a job that you want and, yeah. you know, things keep going. At what point... I know that that plays a lot, it plays havoc on your mental health because, you know, going to that point where you're like, you you want to quit is you probably going around in circles in your mind for long periods of time wondering what to do. Like, how did you, what was your, what's your mental health routines? Like. Yeah, what's it been like? Well, do you have any self-care practices? When you're in that zone of feeling like yeah. you want to quit, is there anything that you... What are your self care routines? Yeah, like, what I do you get do to get yourself back in the zone in that the you're zone. ready? Yeah, I feel like for me, like it, it came more from a place of like, is this what? Like, is this my calling? Is this what I'm passionate about? Mm-hmm. I've I've always looking back now. I I genuinely think I've always done like reasonably well with the yeah. modelling, even mm-hmm. though I've never intended to or like really pushed it very hard Mm -hmm. I just feel like I don't know if it's luck I don't know if I've got a good angel I don't know if like Mm -hmm. I I know I'm really hard working Mm -hmm. and whatever I do I put my mind to it I put everything to it so Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's got something to do with it but for me it was just like for the whole like wanting to quit thing it was just like could I be doing more should I be doing something Mm -hmm. else um and yeah you do go into those spaces where you're like I mean your job as much as you don't want it to you don't want it to become who you are Mm -hmm. but sometimes when you feel like things are not very stable you're not very grounded within your job it is difficult to like you know um it does have a bit of an effect I guess on your yeah. mental health right so um in terms of my self-care practices what I do now is I I mean I've worked on myself so much um I've just been through this whole like journey of like just being a, a bit more accepting of myself mm. and that's again happened like maybe over the past couple of years and I feel like that's that definitely helps with the whole like modeling thing you just feel like I feel like 
with modeling it's a very energy thing like yeah. I just feel like what's mine is meant to be what's not mine is meant to be is not meant to be so I'm all just very like relaxed with it I'm a very strong believer in energy and I feel like um I just keep that in the back of my head when it comes to the job and that definitely helps, helps. with my mental health so um do you think that that's come with age or do you think that that's come from um figuring out how you feel and then seeing how to um manage those emotions i think like a bit of both maybe i think that definitely you go through experiences and then you realize it just knocks you a little bit but it doesn't completely take you down like down. nothing yeah hardly anything really will yeah um and then other than that maybe yeah also with age meeting different people you just have so many like interesting conversations with people that are wildly successful like people that own huge brands like you you know in this job you're very fortunate to to meet so many amazing people that you start realizing they all do have a lot of things in common and mm. then you start picking up on those things like the whole like energy um meditation like just being at one like with mm. the universe mm. um and these things have helped me so much um in the job and with my mental health but mm. on a more practical level um the things that I actively do every day to make sure that I'm keeping on top of everything is that I love journaling I absolutely love it I do it every single morning mm-hmm. um as soon as I wake up I boil the kettle make a cup of tea and I um write down I try and write down between 10 to 20 things that I'm grateful for and then I go back and read them and just really feel them yeah. and that just makes everything just feel amazing for me it just sets my day off so well yeah. it gives me a great foundation because when I wake up and I'm in that space of like half dreaming half like just like panicking because I'm like what have I got to do for the whole day mm-hmm. that just really grounds you in the morning, morning yeah. um I love meditating mm-hmm. I just love like sitting down and just sitting with my own energy I feel mm-hmm. like I realize I learn a, bl- a lot of things about myself um I like listening to other people talk about um their practices and things that they do and mm-hmm. just like just absorbing any information that I can so yeah um those are the things that I do on a daily basis um I know that we've like spoken quite a lot but did you want to expand any more on like manifesting and like your what I know that you've said that you 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 live by the idea of of manifesting like what is it that you feel you've manifested you've manifested what what is your process of manifesting like what what do you do Okay, so I feel like I have been really good at manifesting, but not even knowing what manifesting is until Mm. very recently. But Mm. I feel like I've been doing it unknowingly. So, for example, there'll be, like, certain jobs that I'll go to. So, throw back to, like four or five years ago when I went for the for an initial casting for Charlotte Tilbury mm. um I went there and obviously there must have been a moment on the way um where I was thinking oh my god it'd be so dope if I got booked for this like mm. this would be so cool and in that moment I would have been manifesting I got to the casting I didn't get booked for the job mm. it all went out the window fast forward like four years and uh with the whole team mm. like sitting there she's flown in like Joan Collins Miss Fame these people Mm -hmm. like these incredible people and I'm like we're just about to shoot like the the um you know the 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 shot of all of us together the still images Mm -hmm. and I was like oh my god I manifested this wow and that's happened so many Many times times. yeah yeah that's happened so many times Mm -hmm. where I've been like oh my god like I've attracted this because i I thought for the, a moment in mm. the taxi or whatever on the way to the first casting four <clears> years ago that imagine this would be so dope. Yeah. And I feel like just by giving off that energy, you know, I, I feel like at this point everyone knows what manifesting is. The universe just mirrors it back to you. Yeah. Um, 
But I know that I've started doing this new thing now, which I know that a lot of people are doing, which is scripting, Mm -hmm. which is writing um, to the universe or just writing a letter just in your journal as though um, you're already in that position now. So, for example, you'd be like, I'm so grateful that Mm -hmm. I've got this, that Mm -hmm. and that. Mm -hmm. Even though you don't have those things, you give yourself those feelings of having those things and then that gets mirrored back Back to you. you. So I'm a, a strong believer in and how often do you think that you do is that some is that like a, a process that you do every day or is that something you do irregularly is it what yeah I mean I'm not really on it with my with sitting down and manifesting I feel like I've just done it um subconsciously like Mentally. just through or consciously but just through experiences that I've had but I would like to be more active with it I feel like you should just do it every time you feel like you're dipping it's also just really fun to do like yeah. it's like you know, I don't know if any of you have seen The Secret, but they're like, imagine like the world just has this massive catalogue and you can just choose whatever you want. Like, it's like when you have that conversation of what would you do if you won the lottery? Mm-hmm. Like, just do it for fun and then just see what see happens. happens. So maybe okay. like on a yeah. weekly basis or whatever. I mean, I don't do it on a weekly basis, but I'd love to get to that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I know that we've talking of the of the lottery. I know that we've definitely posed that question to each other and um <laughs> we have discussed like a lot of times like what we would do yeah um I've always known you as like a super business savvy person like oh. I've, I remember when we first became friends like you being able to make you'd make <laughs> I'd be like oh that'd be so cool to do this and you'd be able to like literally think of every way possible to make money out of that situation <laughs> I'd be like wow how does she think That's that so like funny. I really want to be inside her brain and figure out how she does that because I literally have no confidence with selling anything oh. um um, what, what, where do you think that came from? Where do you think that that whole business savviness or that kind of, you know, um, just being quite, you know, money yeah, yeah. in the sense, you know, just being financially yeah. like aware of like how things work. Like, yeah. where do you think that came from? I feel like firstly, coming from a home situation where you don't have much, mm-hmm. I think naturally you, I mean, nine times out of 10, you want more, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you love your family, you like, yeah. I just want the best. I want to give them the best life. Like, you know, coming from that situation of being, um, raised by a single mother who unfortunately hadn't done her education um not in the UK or or in India because Mm. she just didn't have the opportunity to do so in Mm. either country um all these things just like I don't know anyone that knows me knows Mm. that I love my mum like my Mm. mum is just everything to me so I'll do anything to try and make my mum's life better. So that was my driving force, right? Yeah. Like, I was like, I need to help this woman and, and just be everything for her and make yeah. sure she has the best life possible. So that was, like, that's the initial push. But mm. then, I mean, I've got these things... Because you're right, like, ever since I was little, I was like, I want to do this, I want to start this business. I want. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to, like, mm. c- come up with all these ideas right from when I was, like... 13 when I started doing a newspaper round and I literally was earning like 12 pounds a week like best that was my favorite job ever I I, like cried when I got it because I was like I've I've succeeded in life Mm -hmm. like I get to do do these papers and get paid Paid. but I feel like that's come from um maybe just being treated a little bit unfairly not with my family but definitely like in-laws of like extended family yeah where they've been extremely extremely wealthy mm-hmm. I mean it's very very strange because even though we came from like a very humble like me my mom and my mm. sister came from a very humble background um 
that's definitely not what we were exposed to growing up everyone around me um were very rich yeah so okay, i was so... always going to weddings where people were super rich okay. i was going to like events where like these people are really rich like they're just like they've got a lot of money and i was always listening to those kind of conversations mm. i was massively exposed to that but then i would go back home to like the flat where I had like my auntie Mavis and uncle Jim and like we would and it was just very humble Mm. but I definitely experienced both sides of things which has kind of given birth to this thing that I am now where it's almost like you're a hybrid I'm very Mm. down to earth but Mm. I'm definitely very ambitious yeah and and I'm a go-getter yeah yeah so do you think that your seeing that that side of your family was like the bit that made you really want to kind of get to a point where you not wanting to be them but you know get to a point where you yourself was earning yeah earning your it, own kind yeah, of money definitely. and do you think that also the acquiring that kind of money also gave you that power like empowerment to feel independent yeah I mean you want you it all starts off where you're at a point where you're like I just want to be like I told you so right yeah I got my degree I went to a Mm -hmm. good uni I told you so like you know I'm earning this much I told you so I've succeeded in x y and z I told you so once you've gotten over that which started when I was in more of like you know my early 20s you start realizing that actually um it's it's not even about that like mm. I'm I'm so happy that I've done some of the things that I've done I, I think I've made I hope I've made my mum proud like I'm mm. sure I have she, mm. she says that I have yeah, yeah. you know yeah. I'm but, sure she's um, very proud babe. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah like now I'm just at the point where I've realized that it's not all about having like material success and yeah. like having all that and and now I'm I'm at a point where it's a lot deeper like I, I I'm really happy with the things that I've done it's all great and stuff but I think that happiness is something just much deeper than that and I've definitely gotten past um just from my life experiences and seeing so many different people who are who who are successful in different ways like I've met people that are financially very wealthy I've met people that have a lot of love in their life and they don't have a lot of money but they're so loved you know mm-hmm. and they're also mm-hmm. to me very wealthy or you know people there's just so many there's so many different people you meet through life you you go through all these different phases yourself as well where mm. you have a lot you don't have a lot you you know there'll be times where maybe financially things aren't great for me mm. but I'm like I'm the luckiest person in the world because in terms of like love I'm so wealthy because my family love me so much mm. there'll be other times where I'm like so disconnected from my family and things are not great between us and I might be doing really well financially and then I'm like oh, I don't care anyway like you know yeah so, you go yeah you, yeah, yeah um yeah you, you go through like different phases, phases. With it. yeah <laughs> um what when you're like you mentioned your family and um going through different phases with them yeah. and I guess maybe I guess maybe it's like a part of um just life as it is right um how you've I suppose you've alluded to a bit to it a bit but how would you kind of describe your yourself and your lifestyle like what um you've alluded to it a bit with the whole you know having your businesses and there's so many facets to your life yeah do you do you feel like you'd be able to like describe yourself yeah I feel like um I feel like I'm a very independent person like Mm -hmm. my lifestyle is just being very independent I kind of think of myself as like a bird and like I just need to be 
free. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I can be a bit like, I just love traveling. I get angsty when I'm in one place for too long. Mm. Like, until like, I feel like I'm settled down in terms of like, I'm starting to think of like starting my own mm-hmm. family. I feel like I'm definitely just gonna have that bug in me mm-hmm. where I, I, there's a lot of things that I want to see and I just love like exploring the world, meeting new people, mm-hmm. cultures. Mm-hmm just like you know um I'm I'm fiercely independent I've been like that since a young age like I moved out my house when I think I was about 17 18 um and since then I've pretty much like not really happily moved back home Mm. it's always been like okay I want like I don't want to be here I want to do this I'm like bouncing off the walls Mm -hmm. so yeah independent um and yeah I just like I like you know always grinding Mm. I feel like I'm always grinding I enjoy the journey of grinding I feel like if I just had it on a plate um and somebody was like here's a check of like this much money go and start your own business I think that would like break my soul yeah and as like a model or whatever I mean oh you get these like proposals right by mm-hmm. like I don't want to yeah of course, you know yeah. what I mean yeah, like, yeah. you, can, you mm-hmm. have these situations where sometimes you can meet somebody romantically mm-hmm. where they're like oh I want to give you the world and, and yeah, I'll yeah. give you this and yeah. I'll give you that but then in those if I, you know when I've ever been in those situations I think if I ever did like give up my independence for something like that it would truly break my soul like yeah. I love this journey that I'm on of like doing it by myself Myself, I'm like wildly independent um other than that yeah I feel like my life the the reason that I am the way that I am now um I think a lot of people are like to me you're so free like how were you like that like I know I've had a conversation with a few people from Mm. my university and they were like you were always just like fiercely like free and you just almost like we're just not really here and I Mm. feel like that moment happened to me there was definitely a shift when my cousin passed away Mm. I was about I feel like I was about in my teens um and she was 27 when she died which is roughly about Mm. the same age that I am Mm. now so yeah when she died I feel like it was a massive turning point for me where I started to look at life as if we're living on borrowed time which we are but not a lot of people actively think about every day I definitely had a massive shake and a realization where I was like none of us are going to be here forever because she was young but Mm. ultimately we're not going to be here forever so as morbid as it sounds I almost started living as if I'm going to die um and just um I mean I took it to an extreme when she first passed away because I was like don't care I'm gonna dye my hair don't care like dropping out of everything and Mm. I was like don't care like just bouncing off the walls like Mm. literally I was a bit of a handful um but I think now that I've kind of um you know controlled it a little bit it just gives me a nice balance of being alive but also just remembering that actually like we're all gonna die one day Mm. and I just didn't restrict myself like I was like not doing a nine till five life's too short that Mm. was my motto life's too short for this life's Mm. too short for Mm. that like Mm. she's gone we're all gonna go yeah and ultimately um I've just been like somebody that's just almost like living as if you're not alive Mm. yeah yeah no you're on a borrowed life yeah yeah yeah, just like wanna you don't care I've I've not cared that much about anything I think with death is like one of those things that massively affects your mental health um even if you're not that close to somebody, but you feel the effects of it around people that you care for. Mm. And I think that um, 
there's always a lesson or something to learn from death. And I suppose that what it also gives you is just time to like reflect and look at your own life, I think sometimes, you know, and that can massively change up your perspective on everything that you do, you know. Um, Do you, I mean, I know obviously at the time you said that your cousin had passed away, you were quite young, but... I'm assuming maybe that was the last time maybe you've like you know experienced such mental strain um is what do you do when you're in that situation what what when when you're experiencing serious or mental strain that you feel like you're not coping with very well what's your what's your go-to is there anything that you like is is your instant reaction to go to just to make yourself feel better or cope with it better i think i've got an amazing 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 support network like I, I, i'm so lucky and blessed mm. to have like the family that i've got and the people and they really and my friends like they really really do ground me like you know i think it's really important to have like good people around you mm. and I, I feel like if i'm ever in a moment of crisis like i've got enough really good people around me that love me that would just help me if i can't do it myself mm-hmm. um but other than that um there's been moments like growing up my mum was really sick like she she's a heart patient and she's always been in and out of hospital we've lost almost lost her like countless times Mm -hmm. and you know she's had to go in have her open heart surgery and Mm -hmm. stuff like there's been so many issues with my mum's health that there have been moments um where you know you feel like your whole world is about to end but Mm -hmm. I I mean I don't know what I don't necessarily know what I was praying to, but I would find often find myself praying to mm. God, mm. just praying to mm. God. Like I remember um, there was a one time where, you know, my family came and said, okay, this is it now, girls. Like your mum, you know, your mum's very, you know, she's not going to make it because mm. she started internally bleeding when she um, when she went in for one of her operations. And my mum's on warfarin, which is a blood thinner. So when my mum gets the smallest cut, it's like never ending let alone an internal cut it was basically like there's nothing we can do to help mm, this person mm. um and I was really young and I just remember that I just the first thing that I did was I just went upstairs to my mum's like little temple that she's made in the house and I just got down put my head on the floor and I just started praying to God mm. and I wasn't even praying like save my mum it was just like I was just praying mm. I was just like it was just naturally just what what came to you and I don't know if that's because my mum is like a very religious individual like she you know she wakes up every morning at six o'clock till Mm. seven o'clock and she prays for an hour every morning and then she prays again in the afternoon Mm. so I don't know if that was just that's just at default what I do because growing up we we did pray the three of us a lot together Mm. yeah so yeah ultimately when there's one of those moments I will just pray pray okay and do you feel like that is your your go-to in the sense that it makes you feel better afterwards or I mean that was in relation to like obviously something really um, yeah happening to your mother in terms of yourself mm-hmm. when you're having a personal crisis yeah um what is praying still your go-to or is it is it something else no not so much I think I, I I'm too angsty to like be like okay I'm gonna pray and it will all mm. kind of get better mm-hmm. I, I'm at a level where I, I know that like that's well it can help calm me to a certain extent but I need practical steps that to overcome whatever it is but I think I'm very good at executing that but yeah I would write things down in my Mm. journal or I would call a friend or I would sit down and just have a real conversation with myself where I'm like okay this is the problem 
this is what it is, how are we going to fix it, um, and what are the practical steps that we're going to take to from to, to get from A to B, B right? Yeah. Um, and like I said, I've got a really good support network, so thankfully, like, my friends and family are there. Yeah. In, I've had moments of, like, <laughs> where mm. things have gotten real, and I've, like, mm. called a friend or texted mm. a friend or spoken to my sister or my mum or mm. someone, and they've said, okay, I think I think you need to do this, this, and this, and I'm very blessed because I know that the people that I've got in my life are have very good intentions. Yeah. Um, I have not so many close friends, but the people that I have are just, like, quality, yeah. good friends that yeah. are, are, like, family. So I know mm-hmm. that I don't have to second-guess to go to these people that they're going to give me the best, best. advice that comes from mm-hmm. a really good place. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's, like, a great support system isn't it really so your 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 go-to is is going to someone um say on situations where you haven't got somebody around because we are often traveling and alone um if there's no one you know there for you right at that minute that you need help Mm -hmm. what do you do write it in my journal like heading with the problem Mm -hmm one to ten yeah of how we're gonna tackle it if there's ten yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. there's ten different routes yeah like literally like a brain dump Mm -hmm. make a bloody spider diagram Mm -hmm. if i have to like it will my journal has saved me many times few experiences yeah yeah um what lessons do you think you've learned either through modeling or business um that have like seen you through just growing as a person um what lessons have I learned um is there anything that you would I mean maybe from a business point of view you could be you'd you could say maybe what you feel like has helped you what lessons have I learned that have kind of shaped me yeah yeah or even with modeling is there anything that's like you've realized through the years of modeling that's like helped shape who you are as a person as well yeah I feel like mainly in a weird way, actually, modelling has actually grounded me um, in a weird way because you would think the complete opposite, right? Like, mm. people are constantly projecting their opinions on you mm-hmm. and they're constantly telling you, oh, you're, you're like a fashion model or you're a commercial model or you're a beauty model or this is, this is like, you're this kind of model or whatever. Um, you know, you're so skinny. I heard it yesterday. You're so skinny. Like, mm, you're so tiny. Yeah, yeah, like, you need to eat more rice, like they said to me mm-hmm. when I was on set. Um, it doesn't always come from, like, a horrible no, place. No, 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 no. And I know, Hardly I know, ever. I totally... Hardly ever. No, it never does. But I think with our jobs we end up in a position where we're constantly scrutinizing how we look and then any comment almost feels like a even if it's not coming from a bad place it feels like a yeah like it comes from like almost then you end up feeling quite um like personally attacked or something yeah because it feeds into those insecurities that you've made that as a model you probably already have Have, because you're cast because our product is our body Body, yeah yeah um but what what i was saying about the grounding thing Mm. is it's really funny because you what happens is um the first couple of times you experience that Mm. so people start projecting their opinions Mm. of you onto you Mm. you become really like you callous yourself right Mm. you become like you shell yourself up Mm. you're like oh my god like I can't believe it Mm. like and it really plays on your mind like if somebody said one thing when I was younger and I started modeling it would really play on my mind however the grounding part comes into Mm. it where it happens 
this thing of people projecting happens to you so many times, you get exposed to it so many times on a daily basis, whether it be that they think you're beautiful, whether it th- they think that you could be better at this or better at that, that you actually start realising one thing in common, which is that everybody's going to have an opinion on you. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's actually a blessing because mm. it makes, it pushes you more into the corner of, trying to understand who you think you are mm. which is the most important thing mm. you your opinion of yourself is the most important thing and when you are exposed to so many people's opinions mm. of you on a daily mm. basis mm. it pushes you even more to understand yourself which like I said is the most it's, important it's, thing it's, so yeah. ultimately mm. even though weirdly enough I've been exposed to all these different opinions of myself um it's managed to somewhat shape who I am because I've just had to be more um conscious of how I think of myself so do you yeah. think you've become more resilient I think um, I've I think I've yeah in regards to business and modeling do you I mean, feel like you you've start, become more resilient yeah you start I mean in, re- in regards to modeling you stop caring what people mm. think because there's so many opinions you can't sit there and like process them all so you just mm. don't you you have to not care right like you start to learn very quickly that your opinion is the only thing that matters. So, yeah, you in in regards to that, yeah, you definitely do. And then in regards to business, I guess you just... Um, you I mean, you meet so many different people and they've got so many different, like, ways of thinking and they're so successful in so many different ways. So you just, like, yeah. Have you ever found yourself with as you you know we get this every day it's like part of the job is is it's um yeah it's just part, part of the job yeah yeah, part, yeah of, of like being a model do you have there been any moments where someone has commented on something on you or about you where you've then gone the opposite way and tried to change that thing about you whatever it is or do you feel or you've gone back and you've you're actively doing everything you can to either rid yourself or gain or whatever it is Mm. of this comment from playing on your mind but also being you know part of your image I think it depends on what kind of person you are and it depends on how much you've been exposed to for example um the way that people would say it hasn't happened that many times fortunately for me Mm. but there is one example of a lady that did my makeup maybe five years ago Mm. and she told me that I need to drink more water and that my skin is quite dry and that um you know uh, the other models they drink loads of water they've got really great skin like I know that my skin is like quite fine right like I don't Mm. think that there's any problems with my Mm. skin I've never been insecure about Mm. it never really fortunately enough didn't go through the whole acne phase Mm, like I think my genetics because my mum has amazing skin Mm. like I I was all right so I've never been conscious about it this woman kind of put something in my head that day um fast forward a few years when I start doing better as a model um same woman then is like oh my god I always believed in you I always thought you had great this great that Mm, and one mm, of the things mm. she said is that you've always have had amazing skin and I always knew you would book like really big beauty campaigns and stuff like that and Mm. I just thought it literally just comes down to what you've done not who you are or what Mm. you look like Mm. for a lot of people Mm. um so when you've kind of been exposed to things like that and things kind of go full circle a few Mm. years later Mm. you start realizing that very little matters what people think think, anyway and most of the time Mm. it's just going to be a load of rubbish anyway so just ignore them as long as you are happy so yeah I I mean in in regards to your question Mm. I think I'm quite I'm strong-minded enough to not really let it like bother me bother that you much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Other than that, if people say things to me, um, I'll just take it as like, 
um, I like want to improve it about myself. Mm. Um, a little pop in additional question. Yeah. <laughs> Looking back on your um, career and your life, would there be anything that you would change? Um, and I promise that'll be the last question. Okay. We can go and get our red velvet. <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting. Yeah. I said to Karen, we have to get there's a place down the road that does the best red velvet cake in Dubai. And my ears twitched, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, we're definitely going." And then there. that became the priority over the podcast. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It's um, okay, so to answer your question, what was your question? <laughs> or like the cheesecake? Yeah. <laughs> the red velvet. What was it? Oh, um, would I change anything? Oh, I mean, you have moments, right? In life, we hate to regret. But there have been moments where I was like, I, not necessarily regrets, but is there something that I mean? It could be a positive change, or oh, it could even true. be you know like a positive change, something that you would have changed positively, or I mean, or similarly, it could also be something that you would have changed for the negative. I, I don't. feel like this is really cliche, mm. but there have been. If I look back now, I feel like if I had started modelling with the mindset that I have now, maybe I would have had a bit of a smoother ride mm-hmm. uh, at the start of my career or whatever it, mm-hmm. whatever it was. I wouldn't really have called it a career. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it was. I was just yeah. like winging it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, like I said, I just kind of fell into it. It wasn't anything that I thought I could do like on a serious level. Mm. But then I guess if I didn't go through all the things that I had have gone through mm. and all the life experiences that I've gained up until now, would I even be the person that I am right now? Mm-hmm. Most likely not. So, mm. no, I wouldn't really change, change anything. anything yeah. I'm, I'm kind of... I'm grateful. I, I genuinely can say from the bottom of my heart, I'm very grateful for everything I've been through to get to to be who I am now because I know I wouldn't change it for change the world. Change it for the world. <laughs> There you go, that's the answer. You, you heard got it, it here first. Yeah, <laughs> heard it here first. Right, so you ready to get this uh, red, red velvet? velvet. <laughs> oh, all right, then, guys. <laughs> we'll um, see you next week for this. Well, yeah, we're basically doing yeah, episode. Whoa. We're basically just doing this on Kieran with like different kind of questions that I've prepared for her. Yeah. So it'll be her turn to answer all the questions for you guys. Um so yeah, that's gonna be the next episode. The fourth episode. This is like the most consistent I've been on anything in, in my life. Quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so next week, um again, if you have any more questions that you'd like Shivani to answer, um We've got all of our Instagram yeah. handles available, so it's um yours is Your book. oh my Instagram is x Shivani Sharma Sharma and then we have um yours. at your booked you, oh, sorry it's at, it's at you are booked you isn't are it booked. on Instagram um alternatively we do have emails as well so if you want to shoot us an email um and get your questions in I mean also if you have any questions for me next week. Yeah, we'd be like intrigued to hear let I'll us add know. them to my list um and then um yeah we'll see you next week yeah see you guys bye